that innocent witness that can identify him. No, stop. Please. Not just the shit. No! Not disassemble. Emmeline, get Oh man, you monster! Just putting I'm that at the end of the episode. I'm sorry, <laughs> making I'm me so relive. Sorry, making us all relive that scene one more time than we needed to. I'm so sorry. I feel he's, bad doing it. He's pleading for his life, man. Dude, I was gonna say these guys don't even deserve the villain scale, but maybe they break it because honestly, like, that's one of the most brutal deaths I've ever watched on a, on screen ever in a, in a PG movie. Talk about ruthlessness. Man. Get out of here. This is oh, like, man. as a kid, that's traumatizing. You can't watch this as a kid, even if though they, I did. If they would have beat Michael McKeon like that, I wouldn't have felt as bad than as they <laughs> as they are beating Johnny Five like that. Well, because right he could defend himself, but yeah. a robot can't. Like, he didn't he didn't have the laser anymore. He's gone. He's not a killing machine. <laughs> he should have had the laser. Those guys wouldn't have yeah. known what they were I, messing with. I guess he's a more of a fighting machine now than a killing machine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Welcome back to the Last Row Podcast. I'm sorry if I traumatized any of you all out there. This is episode 98. Man, two away from 100. Where where did the time go? We're never going to make it. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Our website is thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Last Row Pod, Facebook.com slash the Last Row Pod. Head out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. Please consider leaving us a five star review if you're enjoying the show. Another week here, bad way. This one's This one cuts deep. This one cuts deep. Damn. Short Circuit 2, 1998. Released on July 6th, 1998. A summer blockbuster, if you will. 98? 88. 88. 78. <laughs> 1968. One of the eights. <laughs> one hour, 50 minute runtime. Too long. Too long. <laughs> I love this movie, but too long. Too long. Too, too long. This, is, this movie screams of 90 minutes. This Eight, movie 80, needed to be 90 minutes. 89 minutes this movie should have been. <laughs> What's what's the point where it can't get a theatrical release? <laughs> Sixty-seven <laughs> like, minutes, one minute longer than what requires a theatrical release. That's what this should be. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, there's, I don't know, maybe it was a Jamie Kennedy movie or something like that. I can't think of. What, it might be like uh, Son of the Mask. Maybe it is. I don't know. Where it's like, I, I legit, it was like sixty-seven minutes. Yeah. It's like, is, is this a real movie? Yeah. I guess because it's over an hour, it's, a, it's you can call it full-length feature. As long as it has a, a theatrical yeah. release, I guess. But there's got to be some level of what it need, what yeah. it requires. Otherwise, it can't even mm. be there. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it was like that Carrot Top movie. Like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. That boardroom movie where he's like CEO or something like that. And he's freaking Carrot Top. <laughs> 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 That's a deep cut. Nobody knows. Nobody watched that. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, movie buffs. But yeah, 90 minutes. Out the door. Would have been fine. IMDB 5.8 out of 10. It's too long. Don't know. It's too low. Too low. Too low. Rotten Tomato, thirty-eight percent. Too low. Too freaking low. Metacritic, fifty percent. Still too low. Too low. Too low. Letterbox, two point seven out of five. Definitely too low. I gave. I think I gave it a three and a half. So too low. And I liked it. And you liked it. Good. And I liked it. Having rescued Robot Chinese Five from being destroyed by the military in Short Circuit One. Indian scientist Ben Jarvie moves to New York City to become an American citizen. He's coming to American, Drew. After struggling to sell a few toy replicas of Johnny, Ben must scramble to make more 
when Sandy Banatoni orders 1000 for her department store. With Johnny's help, Ben begins making the gadgets, but his plans are endangered when thief Oscar Baldwin <laughs> steals Johnny. I would Thief? Like, Thief is putting it, maybe, I don't know, that actually gives him a little bit too now, much credit, I think. Uh, first of all, Johnny Five is alive, so you can't steal a person. You kidnap No. Them. That's a kidnap. You, you kidnap them. It's kidnap. That's true. Second of all, that's just a major just simplification of like, oh, you know, the whole movie must be about Ben making his gadgets, and oh, man, the, the, his plans are thwarted because they, they, brutalized, they brutalized Johnny Five. I don't, they don't, I don't want like to give the, it away. I don't, it's disrespectful to oversimplify this movie. <laughs> this look, this movie is is screaming out for a colon. It's screaming out for it. Like it just yeah. needs it. And I and I found a piece of trivia that I was on Wikipedia or something that said they were originally going to call this thing short circuit two colon more input. Love and it. that would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. But I think they could have went with short circuit. You even mentioned this before, without even the two. You don't even need the two. You no. just say short circuit two more input or shorter circuit or I don't know. There's a million shorter more circuit. <laughs> short circuit too, even shorter. That's what it should have been. You know what I mean? There's, there's a million more like colons that they could have went with. And I feel yeah. like just short circuit too is, is there like a missed opportunity. Is there like a thing where it's like you could put the, the number two as the S yeah, that's like short things, circuit. That's, that's dumb things that that uh that movie people do. Two horse circuit. Let you know circuit. that it's two without putting the two in there. <laughs> two horse circuit. Yeah. <laughs> two horse circuit. It's it miss. It's a golden opportunity like, that they missed. Like you know when Jeter when Jeter yeah. retired and they had like oh respect respect and the and the <laughs> S was a two for his number. I'm it's pretty like, sure oh, that you and I respect. used to just make fun of that so hard every time we saw it. Just that whole year, right on the re- yeah. retirement tour, two so, horse circuit more input. And and I agree wholeheartedly what you said. The the synopsis there is just way too like bare for what this actually is. So. Like, them stealing Johnny is like just the just the just scratching the surface. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Let, let, let's do we have taglines? Taglines tag here. Let me go. Let me go to these. So, so actually, I think these are pretty good. So, I'm gonna say the name of the movie first. So, Short Circuit Two. Some say he's nuts. Some say he's bolts. But uh, can number five make it in the big bad city? Keep your wires crossed. Love it. Too long, more. but it's great. I like it. Nuts and bolts. I like the pun. Yeah, because he is nuts, but he's. Also but where bolts. do you fit that on the movie poster? It's going to take up the whole thing. But well, you ever you see like, those movie posters with all text, like yeah. as an overlay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like, like he's like, a shadow yeah, in the back. You could put some at the top and some at the bottom. Yeah, keep your yeah. wires crossed. We'll go at the bottom. Or what if it's just like all text and and he's in the back? I like I. You you can fit it somehow. Isn't the movie poster like him and Ben popping out of? I the, think so. Out of the manhole. I think so. It's not so much the cover of the movie, like if you bought it on on a, on VHS, but it's like that's like one of the posters. Yeah, I can how see about, that. How about the second one? Short Circuit Two: The Adventures of America's Most Electric Leading Man. Continue. Oh. I mean, I don't call him the most electric leading man. I don't know. It's maybe it's giving him a little too much credit. I love him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> he's no Schwarzenegger. You know he's what no, I mean? He's he, no, no, yeah. He's no Steven Seagal over no, here. No I mean, come Seagal. on. Those he's are no, those are pretty good though. For, for all the ones that yeah. we've had on this show, it's not bad. I like them. I like them. What about financial? So in 1988, this thing had a budget of about $15 million. And the uh, cumulative worldwide gross, I think, 
was about 21 return. So it kind of flopped. I mean, it, it flopped. Yeah. But what did they spend the money on? I mean, the robotics, I guess. I think there were four or five Johnny Fives. So I don't know yeah. how much a, a Johnny Five costs. I mean, he'll tell you he costs $11 million. Yeah. But I don't know what the actual cost of one of these robots, let alone five, and what those robots actually do. Like, you know, in as far as what are their what is their functionality in the movie? I have a uh, lot of questions about that. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about that. Because for me, like when you're when you're operating this thing, is there a guy with a remote control? Like how did the battery work? How long did the battery work? Like, did it malfunction? I think when we did the robots episode, which we'll have to link back, and that's right, we didn't even mention this. We talked about Johnny Five on one of our earlier episodes. I can't remember the number. But it's mm-hmm. the last of robots where we talked about Chappie and we we did a whole robot ranking. You wrote an awesome article on the website. We'll have to mm-hmm. link to that too. But I'm curious because I think there was like something about like you said five robots and I think they malfunctioned, sort of like Goro and Mortal Kombat too. Yeah. So no, it's just interesting to me. I have a lot of questions about the way that yeah. that thing works. Because really, like you, you look at the rest of the movie, it's like they shot in a warehouse, they shot on the streets of Toronto. Yeah. And. There was, I don't know, in a shopping a toy mall. store. <laughs> yeah, shopping mall. That's about it. Yeah, that shopping mall scene was probably like all the scenes in there was probably like a day, yeah. and then he had an office building, and that's about it. Yeah, so it's all it's like all effects. I feel, so. and uh, also the twenty one million. Uh, the original made forty, so we're going way back. That's why we probably didn't see it yeah. number three. Well, I did see that. Yeah, they said that it it essentially flopped, and you know, unfortunately, because of that, which I blame, kind of things. I blame all of you people out there. Why didn't you go <laughs> see it? Because we'd have more. We'd have more if you people would have went to see it. I was I four did, years I, old at this time. I don't know if I was there. Maybe I was. <laughs> I did my part. You people didn't do your part. Oh man, I have a lot of questions about how many times you've seen this. Hold it for a second, but it had two awards. I don't think the MTV Movie Awards were around at that time or the Kids' Choice Awards, or maybe they were, but it weren't. It wasn't nominated for them. It was nominated for Best Science Fiction Film, I think, at the wow. Saturn Awards, I believe it was. And it lost to Alien Nation <laughs> for uh-huh. Best Science Fiction Film. It was up against Cocoon, The Return, My Stepmother's an Alien, The Blob, and They Live, which is a show. That's a movie I've never seen, and we should probably do it on this show. I know that's like an iconic movie, but yeah. I think that that's a good one. But it lost to Alien Nation. And then... Best Special Effects, and it lost to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was also up against Moonwalker, <laughs> Scrooged, Willow, and ah, Beetlejuice. Dude, I, we've talked about, I think we talked about this before on our guest have some yeah. bag, about how much I love Moonwalker. Great movie. And more, peop, more people need to see it. Man, what a good year for movies. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I mean, yeah, that probably would win Best Special Effects. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I said what, a, what a competition, though. I know, right? Look at I know Scrooge, Beetlejuice, like look at that. The special effects in in Scrooge are really underrated. Honestly, that's a good movie. Yeah, I, I, we yeah. should do that one on this show too. And, and Beetlejuice mm-hmm. is another one that we've never done, but it's, it's a great freaking movie. Yeah. So, uh, and I said Saturn Awards, but Saturn Award is the award, but it's the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films in uh, in 1990, mm. which is interesting because it wasn't this 88. <laughs> so, yes, don't know what yes. kind of <laughs> what kind of thing they're on there. But mm-hmm. anyway, let. Talk about this movie. You mentioned the first one, uh, not making more money. It had different stars in this. So if you've ever seen the first one, it starred Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy, two huge stars from the 80s. And Fisher Stevens, I, I don't know, it's been a long time since I've seen this first one. I didn't think he was as prominent of his, of a character. I think it was primarily Steve Gutenberg's movie. Uh, yes. But you know, basically, I, I read that the producers wanted Gutenberg who played a character by the name of Newton Crosby, Crosby 
to come back to the sequel without even a script, but he declined. And then there was some interview or something like 20 years later where he said that he regretted turning down the chance to star in this movie. And it's kind of interesting because most of the time you would hear the opposite where somebody would say, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. It would have tanked my career. What do you think about him not being in this? Do you think that it would have worked better with him and Ali Sheedy in this? Like, what's your perspective on on how this worked? Well, it's funny because, yeah, he would say that because look at look at what happened to him after the 90s, right? Yeah. His career kind of went down. And, and not that, you know, he, he found solid work, but not really in the mainstream. Not in the, not in the, the zeitgeist, if you will. <laughs> Right, the cultural zeitgeist. The cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me to define that word. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know. Michael McKean is better than him, right? If we're yeah. gonna have a secondary character to Ben and the robot, you know, why why not have an upgrade like McKean have, have breathe some new life into the to the show, right? Because um, what else would he would he have done? Like I don't know. What, what, I don't what, know. Possibly would he? I have think. Done? I think he would have overshadowed. Uh, the character of Ben because he was the big guy from the first one. You couldn't have made Ben the main character. Like Michael McKean is obviously one of the better actors in any of the movies that we've done here. And he's awesome. Yeah. But he, he did a great job of knowing his role as the side character, sort of, even though he didn't, he didn't steal a show from Ben. I thought they like balanced it pretty well. Whereas Steve Gutenberg, I think would have just taken over just because of the character. Yeah. Right. And also with Ali Sheedy, it's like, they did a really good job of, I guess, like, Kind of hiring an, an Ali Sheedy clone. Yeah. And this other woman playing, uh, playing, what's her name? I don't even know. <laughs> Sharon? Sherry? <laughs> Sandy? Samsonite? Slippy? Slappy? Slippy? Slappy? Swimmy? Swammy? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, but like, they're both kind of like, you know, cute button girl next door, worried about everything. Ali Sheedy's character is more worried about what's this robot do to my house versus Sandy being worried about getting her thousand toys, right? And all that. But still, yeah. they still kind of had that wide-eyed kind of um, unsure of themselves kind of character. It's the same type of character they're playing. I don't know. Sheedy was just slightly more famous than this one woman who went on to pretty much do nothing that we all know of after that. So I'm but on, she did a good job. She's fine. I'm on Steve Gutenberg's IMDb page right now. And like, obviously, Carrie Mahoney is is... That's what I think of when I think of him. Yeah. But one of the most underrated roles of his entire career. I know I'm gonna what you're going to say. Right now, I know what you're going to say. When he played himself on Party Down. Yes, yes. As Steve Gutenberg's birthday party in that episode. Criminally yep. underrated TV show. Like all the yep. people blew up. If you've never seen Party Down, go watch it. I think it's on, I think it's on Hulu. Go check that, uh, that show out. It's awesome. It might be the best episode of the series. And uh, so I good. think they're, are they doing new episodes? I I heard that they were going to reboot this thing for a long time, but I never yeah. knew that it. I think was it's happening. Re- I think it's happening. I think it's actually oh, happening. Soon. If it is, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, super crackers. That's all. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but no, I I agree with what you said. I think this movie, and I, and I want to talk about this as like a nostalgia factor too, because you talk about the first one, you talk about the second one. Is this a Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters two effect, or do you think this movie is actually better than the first one? Like, what what's your no? What's your thoughts? It's a Ghostbusters 2 all over the place. Uh, Home Alone 2 possibly as well, where it's like the first one's better, a better movie, but this one might be more rewatchable. And when we talk about rewatchableness in a in a in the Batman Returns episode prior to this, in episode 97, go check it out. Um, this falls in the same category, I feel, where this one is more rewatchable than the first one. Yeah. Even though the first one is overall a better, a better movie. This is more, I think it's more kid-friendly. 
And like, there's there's a lot more Johnny Five scenes of him exploring the town, and that's yeah. and he gets into you know mischief and everything. And we'll get into it later, where it's almost like sad, where he's treated like a second class citizen, and there's like you know there's classism involved, there's like you know robot racism involved, and it's like it's really sad. But as a kid, you're like, oh, he's he's getting into trouble, he's getting into hijinks, <laughs> he's really, he's roughing up the bookstore, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this and this I, movie is is really sad in the it undertones. Is. It's pretty yeah. it's pretty pretty like deep. Like I don't want to like I don't know how you could like nominate the robot for for like an, an actor award, but like whoever was like the guy's voice controlling his voice. The, well, first of all, the voice actor is great, and he does a lot of voice work and a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, I think he died recently. Um, oh, really? Look that RIP. up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. But also, like the the operator of his eyebrows drew. <laughs> yeah that's the top thing notch. top notch dude you know that's the thing like and and this to me so i haven't seen this i i couldn't honestly i can't remember the last time i watched this movie it's been a long time but i watched this a bunch as a kid there there's scenes in this that are just ingrained in my memory like the the mohawk when he's in the radio shack mm. and all that stuff and like the the brutal death scene i mean i that yeah. really messed me up mm-hmm. <laughs> messed me up Man. as a kid yeah but then the redemption of him getting Oscar, getting the yeah. bad guy at the end to the, to I need a hero playing in the background. Yeah, the montage. Like, Jeez, man, that's so just gets you. And the it's gold like, paint. Yeah, yeah. I I love this movie, Drew. And when I watched it, all I was thinking of is what a delight. <laughs> this movie, me that. this movie is a delight, and the series is a delight, and it's it holds a special place in my heart. I watched it, not seeing it in maybe over a decade, maybe more. And it held up. It totally held up. And we, we've had movies in the past on that we've uh, that we've spoken of on this uh, podcast. One of them, I think, the most one leave of the more it, recent ones being like Angels in the Outfield, where it's like it we in the watched past it. Award. Leave it in the past. Three Ninjas also leave it in the past. This one aged like a fine wine, Drew. It I did. Mean, aside from some very problematic uh, issues that we'll get into very yes. quickly. Yes, it's the movie's just enjoyable, and I just I wish there was more. I wish the, there were more. My main, my only complaint with this movie, and we we caught some heat for the Batman Returns episode. I think, but people were respectful of our opinion. Mild heat, that. mild heat. I don't be, don't be over. I'm still uh, on the, I'm still cautious. on the record of of it was a good film, and mm. I think this is a good movie, and I I, I enjoy this movie. But I I will say I joked about it in the beginning, but I think it's like 15 minutes too long. Yeah. I don't know what parts I would cut because I I get what they were doing. Yeah. But I think when I watched it again, the memories that I had of it were of the second half, not of the first. And yeah. I was, I got to be honest with you, I was a little bored in the beginning. I was a little mm-hmm. bored. Like, I didn't care about what yeah. Ben was doing on the street. I just wanted to yeah. see Johnny Five. Get to the robot. You know, there's exactly. no reason for the movie to go 20 minutes without the robot. Get, the, and, get to the robot already. And the other thing yeah. that I, that I got to tell you, and I'll, I'll try to avoid going too deep into this, but the Fisher Stevens thing is just kind of like, it's hard to... It's yeah. hard to it's hard to watch that now knowing what to, it was. Yeah. We got to address it. We have to address it. Like the guy did a great job acting, but they it's obviously insensitive right now and it's something that is like you watch this now it's like obviously they wouldn't do that. They should have casted somebody else. Uh, and and I think he's given some interviews too. You sent me an article that was was interesting of of him addressing it now, but that was that was something that was also like weird. I kind of by the end of the movie I I I don't want to say I tuned it out, but it just, I got used to it, I guess, again. But that's a thing that's also something that probably doesn't hold up very well here. And I think they would all admit that. Yeah. And he himself said that today, you know, he regrets, 
he regrets taking the role. He would never take a role like this now. But uh, at the time, you know, he didn't fully grasp how problematic it, it turned out to be. And actually, in a 2015 interview uh, with Aziz Ansari, so Aziz Ansari had yeah. a fascination with this movie, him being Indian himself, who where he says, and, and much like me, Aziz himself did not know he wasn't actually Indian for like yeah. long stretches of his life until until into his adulthood. And holy shit, this guy is, this is guys uh, basically playing brownface. And it's yeah. actually quite problematic and, and quite offensive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, appropriation and all that. So, yeah, it's it's hard for me because I do love both of these movies. And for such a large character in both movies to be uh, racially problematic is, is definitely uh, it's conflicting. Do you think that's why they don't really show this movie on TV ever? Poss- yeah, stuff? I think I, so. I think it is. There's a reason this movie isn't on TBS 50 yeah. times a year. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it is. And I, you know, the interesting thing is like, just like Aziz, like I, and you, like I didn't know for years, right? Like I, when I think of Fisher Stevens now, I think of, <laughs> it's going to sound ridiculous. I think of him playing one of the Koopas from, or the, the Goombas <laughs> from Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Yeah. Like he was Bowser's, like Dennis Hopper's like right hand man. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the character that he played, but I just remember him from that. And I yeah. just remember the character that, yep. I mean, he's been in a bunch of other stuff too, but you know, it's like this, the other role, but I, I did not know for years. I yeah. had no idea. And like, it's weird because like he did a good job. It's just that he shouldn't have been given the opportunity to do a good well, job. And I, you know, you know, you know? You could blame him, you could blame the director, you could blame whatever, but the reality is the character was written and he was casted and and that's not a great thing. Yeah. So, I and, don't know. And you know, f- you know, for worse and we're getting better as a society as we go on, but in the 80s that's like people didn't think about that kind of thing in the 80s. Which is sad. which is sad. I yeah. mean, it's it's sad because there was a group of people yeah. that were marginalized yeah. and yeah. it's like it's just kind of messed but, up. But like it, it wasn't considered ridiculous mainstream for a white man to take this kind of acting job yeah. and and fully throw himself into it. Right. You know? Right. So that's it's just a weird thing. But and I hate to say I'll look past it, but like I don't know. It's the movie is in this own weird world to me. Yeah. And I mean I, I can't yeah. just throw it aside. I don't know. That, that was the hardest thing I think I had watching the movie. Like I like the movie, but that definitely was a thing. And I think I think we did need to address it here. We can't just yeah. like like gloss over it. Yeah. Um, if they made this today, obviously that would not be done. Uh, yeah. And it, it is kind of hard looking back on it, like knowing that. And, but I don't and know. And w- what's interesting is is that Fisher Stevens did say that the role was written to be kind of a geeky white man, and and the director and co writer changed it. To, to be an Indian character after before, he was already before, cast before they started shooting and after he was cast and then he was after he was cast they asked him can you can you play Indian quote unquote play Indian he says yeah and then he said yes up. and then he immersed himself into into studying you know what that would entail yeah so I mean, it's kind of a it was kind of a tough spot for him to be put in but I, I he think went the, through with it. He went through with it, and he and he dove in. And, the director you know, and them yeah. shouldn't have put put him and the movie in that position. But at, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I mean, let's talk about Ben as a character. Then, like, let's talk about where he was in the last movie and where he is now. So yes. Ben was this scientist for that company. I think I believe it was called Nova. If Nova it, if I, Nova it Robotics Nova. or something. Yep. Yep. And they were a defense contractor and they were making these robots and blah, 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 right? 
So he was not necessarily the main character of the last movie, but he becomes the main character of this movie. If you want to say that he shares the limelight with Michael McKean and, and, and Johnny Five himself. Certainly. But he's on the street as a street vendor, living out of his van, selling toys, living the van life, hashtag van life, <laughs> making, making, making these little miniature replicas of Johnny Five. And Johnny Five is back in Montana, I think, with Steve Gutenberg at this point. Sure. What, how does he wind up? I mean, they imply that it's New York City. It's clearly not. I mean, it's Toronto, and it's pretty obvious. Like, there's Toronto landmarks and stuff. But how does he wind up doing this? And what do you think of his street toy business? Like, do you think he's successful at this thing? Very few street vendors are going to have this, you know, big level success. You would raking think, in right? the dough. Yeah, raking in the dough. But man, what a product, right? I, and I looked this up, like 1999, yeah. for a replica of Johnny Five. I would pay. for an official (laughs) replica of Johnny Five to put on my mantle. Size to put it to put it on my mantle, you know, in my study above my above my large Bruce Wayne fireplace. I would (laughs) with your logs. Yeah, with my logs, I would proudly bestow my two hundred dollar Johnny Five if one existed. Yeah, I'm trying to pay someone two hundred dollars to build me a Johnny Five, and I don't see it anywhere available. Like there, there are yeah, there are there are things on Etsy, but they're like. 12 centimeters high and they, they charge like $80 for them. You and got the custom- people in the yeah. factory at his yeah. factory making yeah. those things. Yeah. And they're like, they look fine, but like, I'm not going to pay $90 for some little tiny piece of shit. Right. And, and it's a nice looking piece of shit, but it's a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> it's a polished one. Yeah. It's a polished turd. <laughs> I want an official. How dare you. Whatever the hell company made this movie, Warner Brothers, whatever the hell. I the no TriStar, idea. I believe. TriStar. They had the, the, the pony yeah. with the wings. I don't care. Somebody Pegasus. make the damn thing. Seth MacFarlane, make the damn toy, and I'll buy it from Seth him. MacFarlane, Todd MacFarlane. <laughs> Todd MacFarlane. I don't know. Who <laughs> the hell is <laughs> His brother. His brother. They know each other. It's fine. <laughs> it's like you know what? You know what, Drew? You know the drill, everybody. 75% of the listeners do not know the difference between Seth MacFarlane and Todd. They don't even know who Todd uh, McFarlane is. I don't. Uh, clearly, I don't. So it doesn't Todd, matter. You don't know the Todd father? I mean, the Todd father, yeah. The t- you, know, you know, the toy master. You know, make the damn toy and I'll buy it. I'll give, give you 200 bucks for it. It's probably not even worth that. In all seriousness, I'm surprised that McFarlane Toys hasn't made a Johnny Five yeah. s- short circuit like, toy. Come on. Make me a highly detailed Johnny Five and I'll pay you whatever, $79.99, whatever the overpriced Thing they want to they want to charge. I'll buy it. What? But, how much would a full size replica cost? Like, oh. what if? So where's the golden closet when you need it? Where yeah. is Johnny Five as a toy? Where is that yeah. thing today? So there's Do you two think things it got broken. So there's two things on golden closet that I would totally buy. One, obviously Johnny Five. The thing costs five grand. I mean, I would like, I'd think long and hard about it. I probably would end up not buying it. Yeah. But but it isn't five grand. It'd be like fifty grand. Secondly, Michael McKeon's brown leather jacket. Oh yeah, I would totally buy that. I would buy it for a thousand dollars. It's like a leisure suit leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah. What about the silk shirt, man? I don't. I don't need shirt. I don't need the silk shirt. That thing's like sweat stained. Yeah. It's his yeah. only shirt that he has. He wore. It, he wore it too many times in a row. Like how many times in a row are you gonna wear the shirt? It's a nice shirt, but how, you can't just wear it five times in a row. I mean, it breathes, right? It's got it's, yeah. at least it's silk. It breathes yeah. better, but yeah. I mean, do you think? So do you think Ben? So he's on the street charging twenty bucks for this thing. Clearly, yeah. it's not Great enough, price. right? Great price. Well, f- as much as he calculates man hours that it takes to make one of these things, he's clearly underselling it. His hourly rate's probably like a dollar an hour at yeah, that point. Yeah. You know what I like, mean? Like, what's his profit margin here? Come on, it's, man. It's so it's so yeah. low. Because he needs a business partner, I think. 
Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, Michael McKean's on the street selling ro- Rolexes next to fake Rolexes. Rolexes, yeah. Folex, right? You know, and I don't know. I just think I think what Ben is underselling himself, but he doesn't know any better. And you're right. Like yeah. I think he probably does need a but Michael McKean to help. At him the out. same time, if you're if you're on the streets of New York City or or what they keep calling it, quote unquote, the big city, big city USA in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just sell the thing for 50 bucks. No one's going to buy it. So you have right. to like, you got to break in. Yeah. And then, you know, you got the big shot, big toy, big wig, Sandy, you know, Sandy, uh, Slippy Slappy. Or Sandy, Sandy Palomino. Sherry, Pal- Sherry Palomino. You got to get lucky and get somebody like that to notice you in yeah. the big toy market. Get the KB toys in there saying, hey, you know, we could sell these things. And, uh, you know, it happened. Let's talk about Johnny Five, right? So you, we talked about him on the robots episode. Yes. Uh, Number three, he came in a third place, Drew, only behind R2-D2 and uh, the T-800. You know, I think, you know, just like we re, re, rescaled people, I feel like one day that deserves a rescale because, I don't know, man, T-800 is, is awesome because, you know, he gives the thumbs up as he's dying, but <laughs> I think I would... I think I would put Johnny Five above R two D two if I had to re rank that. I don't know. I, it was all, it's all about the stats, man. We have, yeah, we have, you know the criteria. You know the numbers. We can't we can't do this thing with our with our hearts. We got to do it with our heads. I mean, <laughs> we got to be objective about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, got to be objective about our robot rankings. I'm, I'm definitely gonna go back. We can't make we can't make a mockery of it, Drew. Yeah, we you know? make a mockery of this. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go back and I'll link this to everybody. Bowie wrote an awesome blog blog post on our website. I'll put it in the in the show notes for this. And I think the you, you had five categories. It was a one to tell, ten scale for their strength, their intelligence, their wit, their trust, and their beauty. And it was really a genius <laughs> thing. And and mm-hmm. Bowie went through and a lot of the YouTube videos are like just I don't know. I guess they're unavailable now, but. There was some really good stuff on there. Wafflebot, Lisa from Weird Science, uh, Prometheus, David, Chappie. You had a, you had some really good ones, but I'll, I'll link to that on the website. But I mean, does your opinion change on Johnny Five as a robot now that you rewatch Short Circuit Two? Here, talk talk about like his looks. You mentioned you mentioned wow. something that I thought was the best: the eyebrows. Yeah, the eyebrows really make it because it, it gives him like it gives him full emotion. He can emote a wide range of emotion, and it, it, that's really. Uh, the iconic look of him is is the head, and I think probably his feet. You know his his what do you, for I don't the know his tank his tank like his tank like posterior. It's like a tread, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's adorable. Look at the guy; he's adorable, and he makes you you know feel bad for him. He makes you want to root for him. It, it kind of humanizes him. You know, gives him all the features, the eyeballs. You know, it gives him the wide eyed, precarious. Is it precarious? No, precocious. Precocious is the word for. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane, that's the word of it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, the toy the toy maker. <laughs> no, yeah, so yeah, he's just adorable and he makes you want to root for him just on his look alone. You know, and then you get into his voice, that's a whole other thing. The voice actor who is still alive, like I said. <laughs> All right. Never, yeah, not harmed. Earlier. He's not harmed. <laughs> he did a great job. You have of, him an early death of, over here. Yeah. Yeah. Of making him seem like I don't know. Like a, he's like, like an a, inquisitive child. Like inquisitive, yes, an inquisitive child. Like, yeah, I'm not sure how old he is, but like he, you know, wide-eyed youth, that kind of thing. The eyes to me are also very underrated in that they open and close like the iris of the eye, and yeah. I feel like that adds so much humanity to the thing. Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't really have a face, I mean, his mouth is like a light bar or something. That's yeah. about it. But the eyes are so emotive that he looks alive to me. So when he yeah. says Johnny five alive, like I, 
I'm like, man, is there a guy in that thing? Obviously there's mm-hmm. not because it's, you know, there's no room for the person, but it seems like there's a person playing him. He's so mm-hmm. alive to me. But yeah. I, I just, I love the look of him and I think the design is amazing. But mm-hmm. they they made a comment in the movie and I want to get your your perspective on this, but they made a comment because like, in the first one, I think they were in Montana or some, somewhere right in the middle of nowhere. It's Montana. They sent him, they tell him, don't, don't let him know he's in a city. Yeah. What, what kind of idea, how bad of an idea was this thing? That's the first thing I thought of when the money popped out of the box is how terrible of an idea was it to ship this guy to New, to New York? Well, let's call it New York for, you know, lack of a better term. Fake New York. He's going to either get lost or get in trouble or get killed. And all three happened like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Within like, how long yeah. was this? Like a day? Yeah. Like, this is like an over a week. And like, yeah, he almost died. He got lost. He got into a gang. He got arrested. He scared people. He got kicked out of church, which is impossible to do. That was hilarious, by the <laughs> yeah. way. The guy was like offended. And again, another, shouldn't a robot be allowed to go to confession? Come yeah, on now. For real. Come on now. What year is this? Come on. Well, I, thought, I thought God didn't judge. Well, you know, they, a lot of things happened in 1988 that we regret today. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, it's. Ben, I don't know. Ben should have done the. I mean, we think of talk about this thing like a child, right? Yeah. Ben should have done the responsible thing and say, "Yes, Johnny, you are in a city. You can go out with me. Don't leave my side. I'll take you to the places." And he could have taken him to safe places. Put him on a leash. Not, yeah, not leave him alone with scumbag Fred with a silk shirt. <laughs> you know, if you wear a silk shirt and a leather jacket, you can't be trusted. <laughs> you I'm can't sorry. Trust that guy. You can't Sell trust a guy in a, selling fake Rolexes. He's in like a teal silk yeah, shirt a and teal, a brown yeah. leather jacket. Yeah. Get the hell out of here with that. Yeah. A guy who has one nice shirt who only wears it and remarks about how nice his silk shirt is all the time is not, is not to be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> Skinny gold chain. Yep. I mean, what are other things that, so we saw him rough up a bookstore. We saw him trying to get input. Talk yeah. about input, man. It's, it's his drug, man. It's, is, is, is he does an addiction? Input, does input get this guy high, Drew? I think does, it does. Does it get him high? But I like guess I, there's worse things to get high on. Yeah. I don't know. But like, he's like, he, like, he lives, he's got to have it. If he doesn't have input, he gets the shakes. He's the shivers, <laughs> Drew. I don't know. He needs the input. He has a, he has a 500 megabyte hard yeah. drive, I believe now, or whatever flash yeah. memory. Like yeah. that's a big upgrade. A library and the bookstore is a dangerous place for this guy to be in. Because what if he gets too much input? What Dude. if... What if his hard drive gets maxed out and we got a Johnny mnemonic situation? I was going to say, are we in Johnny mnemonic yeah. rules or is he's got memory leaks because he's over? <laughs> yeah. I feel like how, like how's eventually the thing's got to fill up. Like I know he's sentient, he's human, but like, let's be real. I mean, sorry, he doesn't have a brain. He does not have a human yeah. brain, you know, True. and even, even the human brain can only retain so much information. Like I, you know, you know, you and I have good brains. I think you know. I, I don't. You do. I don't. You know, I, mean, I question my own brain. I can't. <laughs> I, can't I can't tell you a car, uh, a cartoon guy from a toy maker. I, can, I know. could use a five hundred megabyte upgrade. Yeah. I tell you that. That's a, <laughs> for me. Yeah. I could use that. I guess they could always just add on, like you know, some some external drives for him, right? Yeah. I don't know. It just I don't know, but it seems like. I don't know. We got to scale the input back. We got to, we got to wean this guy off a little bit on his input. What, what are other things that you think he would have gotten in trouble? So he got in trouble at a church. He got kicked out of the church. He, he roughed up the bookstore. I mean, what else is, what else would send this guy overboard? Like there's a lot of stuff to do in the city. Like I'm just surprised yeah. that if you see this thing driving around, you're yeah. going to think one, so, you're on a prank show yeah. or like, what is going on? So I think that it, 
of all places, New York City, downtown, you know, Times Square, you could kind of get away with this, right? Because you're figuring there's a dude behind this robot somewhere controlling <laughs> this robot. Yeah. So it, it could drive down the streets and get into no trouble as long as it doesn't do anything nuts, right? If you just see a robot driving around in the park, you'd be like, oh, that's curious. But, yeah. you know, I'm not really afraid of it. It's not doing anything. It's just kind of like looking around, saying funny things. Like, that's a kind of thing that you would see in downtown, you know, Times Square, New York City. What was what was the whole thing? Remember that robot that got busted up in Philadelphia? Yeah, you that? can't bring it to Philly. You can't bring it to Philly. Though. To Philly. <laughs> the, but the robot that got yeah. beat up in Philly, it looked suspicious. <laughs> so it had it had it coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, put it in New York, but just take yeah. it to Philly. It's this movie could not have been filmed in no. Philadelphia. He yeah. went he got he wouldn't have got taken into the Los Locos. They would have taken mm. him out. Yeah. The people of Philly are too protective, you know. I'll tell you what, that they're not gonna let some suspicious. robot stomp into their yard and think it's gonna do something. <laughs> they're reactionary, you know, they are reactionary. I'm trying to like I gotta look this thing up because I wanna see the <laughs> robot that got roughed up. Uh, you know, <laughs> but you know what? The explanation of the dude saying why the robot got effed up, and you kind of go, "Well, you know, you know, I, I get it." <laughs> kind of made sense. <laughs> kind of makes points here. This thing looks like a garbage can. Like I'm looking <laughs> that, this that's up. That's why it. That's why it got got Drew Johnny Five. <laughs> he has the eyebrows. He looks, you know, precocious. Dude, the picture of this thing laying down. It's like it's so <laughs> it's so bad. It reminds me of it reminds me of the Johnny Five thing. Yeah. If we if we learn one thing, it's that any robot that's on its side looks pathetic. It, it looks it looks like the outside of like an air conditioning unit with like a <laughs> face. Like I don't even know. Remember yeah. that robot from the eighties that they used to sell that you put the tape into it or yeah. something? I forget what it's called. And it has like rubber boots on it. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. That thing does actually looks more suspicious and it doesn't emote like Johnny Five no. does, but no. they could not have filmed this in Philly. And, it, That's and I'm sure it wasn't, you know, wise alecky like Johnny Five was. No. Johnny Five has a very, <laughs> very good sense of humor that would get him out of any type of that kind of situation. So you you think people would, would react like they would think it's a prank show or something? Yeah, like, as long as he wasn't doing anything uh, threatening, which he wasn't. No, he's just driving around looking yeah. for input. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe throwing the books all over the place, but that would but be again, to me. He was he was high. It's yeah. like he just did a line. He did a line of, of words. Basically, you can't blame a drug addict for yeah, that. Yeah, you know? he did a line of words, and he was all hopped up on on a freaking nonfiction. You know <laughs> how how naive would you would you call Johnny? Because I think he even says at one point like. He's he's a minor or something, right? When so he, I think when he gets arrested, he goes, "Hey, I'm a minor." What what equivalent like age do you think that he is, like mentally? Like obviously know, he's very man. intelligent, yeah. But because he because he reads everything, but he might be like eight years old, really eight or yeah. nine, as far as like the mentality goes and naivete, the genius, yeah. But I, like when we talk about him later becoming a citizen, I want like I want to focus on this now. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know, like. He's has emotions, but he also doesn't really know right from wrong, kind of. That's true. So how do you like treat him as a as a member of society? I guess you gotta treat him like a juvenile. So when he goes he and commits crimes like bank robbery and, and stealing the Vandevelde collection or whatever the hell. Yeah. It's like how culpable is he? You know? It's I mean, you're right. Like if someone talks you into going on a bank robbery, you can't just say, Oh, he made me do it. He I talked me into it. Unless there was a gun to your head, you're going to jail. So it's true. Does this robot go to jail or are we claiming that he's eight? Like how old is like, what is, what's the, what are the rules? This is where as a citizen, then he has to be bound to the laws and, and he's got to learn, right? He, he learned, 
he took the constitutional oath or whatever it was when he mm-hmm. was becoming the citizen. So he's got to learn the rules of the country, I, I would yeah. think, right? Right. But I mean, like, do, yeah, what swear, do you think? I don't know. Do they swear you in? Like, and then because it's a he new did. thing, like this is the first robot to be to be deemed a, an American citizen. We have to kind of establish how old he is and like how how long of a leash do we give this man before we start giving him misdemeanors and felonies for doing crazy things on the streets, <laughs> like throwing up, roughing up a bookstore. Yeah, <laughs> he, can he be retroactively yeah. arrested for that? Like, how many car stereos does he steal before we say, "All right, buddy, you, you know this is wrong now." We can't so what let do you think? can't let anyone talk into you, talk you what into do, doing, what do you think? doing crimes. I I don't. know. I think maybe we give him three strikes. Let's get the strikes true. Yes, but maybe he goes to like juvenile detention, right? Because he's a he's a minor. So like yeah. like a kid doesn't really go to jail. Like he goes to like juvie. Maybe well, he goes to of, that. Yeah. What kind of cell do you put him in? Because like clearly he can bend the bars. Well, that's true. He's bending maybe the bars he's, because he's like a robot. He's in like a self imposed prison where he's like oh, okay. So shut him down. I, you're right because when he was when he was handcuffed, he could have gotten out at any time. Yeah. Like when Ben goes down and says, "Oh, you got him handcuffed. All right, Johnny, you're free now." He broke himself out. So I guess he would follow the rules. He he'll would. do what you he'll do what you tell him. He that's the thing. He does what anyone tells him to do. That's true. What anyone says, he does. There's going to be skeptics though. Like imagine yeah. if he was in prison and then someone told him they did the same thing. Like, oh, break me out of here. I'm, I'm yeah. innocent. And yeah. then, then you know he naively breaks well, he, them out. Yeah, you got the Los Locos uh, leader in the jail going, "Oh, Johnny, they put me in this jail and I'm totally innocent. They have no idea. Can you get me out?" Yeah. And then like he'd do it. He would do it. He'd just bust the wall open and do it. Yeah. I mean, they fooled him to steal the car stereos. Yeah. So Oh, Johnny, Johnny, my wife, she cheated on me. She's gotta die. That's what we do here in this city. Yeah. Oh, we got Boom, he, he kills the wife. Yeah. You know? And all of a sudden we got matricide. And he's a, <laughs> or, or, then or he's a robot murderer. <laughs> then he's a yeah. robot murderer. Then he's a robot murderer. You know, how many times are we gonna let him get away with this? Yeah. And with the excuse of, oh, I didn't know. Another thing that I was thinking about him. So does he have feelings? And like, I know he's a computer program, right? But when I'm watching him brutally get murdered yes. and he's compl- he's like crying. Like, I mean, for lack of a word, he's like, yeah. don't kill me. Yeah. Like that's hard to watch, man. Yeah. He has feelings, right? Even if it's computer programmed. Yeah. Right? Like, does he have, is it hurt? Does it I think hurt so. him? Like, or does he like know that them touching me in this way I'm supposed to feel pain, so I'm gonna shout, ah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a computer program and reaction. Then, yeah. And if that's the case, but if but if he does feel pain, you know what I'm gonna ask you, Drew. Yeah. Yeah, does you know. He, does he also feel <laughs> yeah. pl- pleasure? Why? Is, so, is he a is he a pleasure model, Drew? He's a ple- <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm surprised in the second one? Yeah. Instead of giving Ben the romance, why didn't they give Johnny yeah. Five the romance? Exactly. It's like now Problem Child 2, where yeah. there's like the, the female uh, yep. the Problem Child girl that he likes. Yeah. What, it, what The other movies, there's always a girl, yeah. Bride of Chucky. Yeah. So if there were a third one, there would absolutely have yes. been a female Johnny Five. Yeah. And yes, then we absolutely. find out the answer to your question. Yes. So, and like, I don't know, they kind of danced around it in the first yeah. one with Ali Sheedy, where he kind of got feelings for her. He had a but crush on her. He kind of had a crush on her, but it was never like reciprocated or even broached. It's kind of like, oh, that's cute. The guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't like come up here. Listen, but yeah, that's the third one. That would have been the third one. Listen, all I'm going to say is if he's, if he can read any book, right? Yeah. And he can read any book and he's robotic. Yes. I'll just leave it at that. The Robo Sutra? 
I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> if he could go to Radio Shack and just attach limbs, Drew, <laughs> and, re- and reattach broken limbs and like make modifications and additions, Drew, I'll just that's, leave it at that. Yeah. That's I'll just what, leave it at that. We can't go too much further here. We yeah. we gotta we gotta earn our parental advisory. You guys get it. You guys get it. But I, I I do think he has feelings. But I don't know anything else you want to say about him. I mean, we've spent a good amount of time, but he is the episode. Yeah, you know, we could sit here all day and gush about him, but we have to move on to other things. But before we leave Johnny Five for now, I want to talk about the costumes of Johnny Five, Drew, because they were he awesome. had what was it five? He had five yeah. different looks in this movie, which is, I mean. I don't remember five. And then I saw five. I was like, yeah, wow, this guy had a lot of looks. Again, they could have had the toys, man. They could have had five different versions. I would have bought all five. I will buy people, you know, Seth MacFarlane. After you write your latest episode of Family Guy, can you please make these toys for me? Get your your brother on the phone, Todd. So (laughs) do you want to rank these costumes real quick, Drew? Yeah. So in order of appearance, we got Montana Hippie when he busts out of the box. When he's all Montana-fied, he got rid of his laser he yeah. put in an umbrella and a suction cup, which I'm fine with. It's cool. It's cool. It's kind of like taking the turtles, taking their weapons away. I yeah. get it. It's fine. He's not a killing machine. He's not a killing machine. The Los Locos graffiti, oh, which man, I hot. thought was very hot and badass. That was hot. From head to toe, he was tatted up. Very nice. I don't know how Ben cleaned him. Like, that how was do you, how do you that, clean that? That was missing a black light because if yeah. they had a black light, that would have looked mm-hmm. even cooler because yeah. it's like the neon paint. Yeah, that sure. was hot. So we got the human clothes incognito where he wears the size 60 shirt and he's got the little hoodie on in the back, which I thought was adorable. He had Steven Seagal size yeah. shoulders from shoulder pads yeah. there. It was like like 60 like, feet wide. And then you had like him, the self-conscious dialogue walk, driving down the street going, hey, I'm just a normal <laughs> Joe. Love one of you. I think they're buying it. Nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying it, Johnny. Then you got uh, the Mad Max pissed off rampage mode, Johnny Five. When he uh, gets fixed up by by uh, by Fred, or um, as he calls him, Durf, Durf. and um, and then we got the at the end the golden hero, yeah, which is just shiny and new. We love it. We love to see it. So, which one was your favorite? Look, the golden hero is obviously the best. I, I yeah. can't go too much further than that. But the best one for me was the Mad Ma- Mad Max because of the iconic like the mohawk, and he made yeah. the mohawk and the spikes. Like that was yeah. the best for me. I like. Did I you think. like the bullet chain that yeah. which was like D batteries? Yes, <laughs> and D I batteries. loved how he repurposed all of <laughs> yeah. the the cool things from Radio yeah. Shack to make like awesome Mad Max looking armor. It was mm-hmm. it was great. I love yeah. the 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 Mohawk was the best part. Yeah, my favorite my favorite besides the Golden Hero, which is definitely number one, was was definitely the Los Locos look. Yeah, loved it. I loved he had a little little jean jean vest he had on. A cut too. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Loved it. I, I would if I could buy a copy of that right now. I, that would be the first thing I would buy. It was Los, Los, I'm, Los I am surprised that you know we joked about the toy line, but yeah. they really did miss a huge merchandising opportunity there because those are five different you know action figures they could sell. Yeah, <laughs> that they would have for sure. I'm a hundred percent. But maybe maybe there's not. Maybe I'm like a weirdo, and there's not that many people that actually no. love this movie. Like I, I do. think that, uh, this movie's it's popular. I don't think yeah. you're alone in this. Yeah. Like, so let, let's talk about. Fred Ritter, played by Michael McKean. Is this guy homeless? What's he doing? You know what? I thought that, you know, because, but again, Ben also slept in the factory, but this guy never went home. He only has one set of clothes. It's a nice shirt. $149.99 retail. He got it off the truck, $49.95. But I think he is. I think he's on his, all he has is his silk shirt, his leather jacket, and a, a bundle of Folexes. That's all he's got to he, his he name. He looked put together pretty well. I mean, he he played the part. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's a he's a born salesman, you know. He's a, he's a, he's a born salesman, but he's got nothing to sell, as he says. Would you would you sell? Would you buy something? Have you ever bought anything from a street vendor in a big city? No, but really, I've never been in the big city. Like, I'm very sheltered when it comes. You've been to, to that. New York, though, haven't you? I you know what? I haven't walked the streets of New York probably since I was 12. To be really? Honest. Yeah. What like about not, Philly? Not Times Square. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I've been to Philly, but not in areas where I've seen like street vendors. Like a street you know? vendor? I would, I, but I haven't. But I, I wouldn't have, buy. I wouldn't buy clothing or or watches. You wouldn't buy. A, I would. I would buy like. I would buy something that was unique or interesting looking. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't buy like you know handbags, like like they do in Broad City or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with the uh, Susie Susie yeah. Smith. Yeah. I remember in high school specifically, a bunch of people went on a trip, and I, I didn't go with them. But everyone's like, "Oh, we're gonna go buy Folkleys. You want one?" And it was like five <laughs> bucks for a pair of Oakleys. And yeah. you know they they came back and they looked real. And then literally within a day. They, the paint all chipped off like immediately. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. it was what, pretty yeah. bad. You get but what you knew what you were getting. Yeah, you get what you get. Yeah. But I, I want to talk about McKenna or Fred Ritter as a character, but he butts in on this deal with Ben. Tell me a little bit about your perspective on this because did he, did Ben really need him? Like, or did McKean like do him a service? Like, did he, did he help him out in the end or would, would he have been successful? So it's funny because I wasn't sure if they were friends to begin I don't with, think or, so. or did they first meet that day? They just I happened to so. sidle up to each other. That's what they right? implied. Like he was just then, happened to be yeah. there. And then McKeon was the ultimate opportunist. He sees a possible deal going through his, Hey, let me get in on this. But Ben would never have taken the deal because he, he calculated that. Yeah. I'd be done in freaking 20 years. So <laughs> he would have said, says. sorry, I can't do it. Where, you know, he didn't have the guts to say, yeah, we'll take it. And we'll worry about how to do it later. Cause it's an opportunity. And uh, McKeon saw it as an opportunity. So yeah, I do think that, yeah, Ben didn't need him. He didn't know he needed him. He didn't know how to make a business deal. So, what yeah. what was Michael McKean's ultimate plan? Like, was he actually thinking that they were going to do this? Because I mean, he didn't know Jack about this at all. He, it didn't matter. You, you say yes, and you worry about it later. He's the type of guy that would lie about lie <laughs> on a uh, job interview. Have no idea how to do the job he's going in for, and he'd be able to get the job because he's a smooth yeah. talker. And then once he got the job, he'd figure it out. Fake it till you make it, right? He's a fake it till you make it. Do you think they offered enough money? Because I think what was it? Was it like a fifty k or something they were going to make? Which fifty bucks, fifty bucks a robot for a thousand robots. Yeah, which I think is pretty good, right? I mean, I guess. But then, what's the store going to sell it for? They're going to sell it for a profit. So they'll probably sell it for like eighty bucks or something. Yeah, the store can't sell it. In nineteen eighty eight, you can't be selling those things for a hundred bucks, right? No, you can't. Yeah. There's no way. Even if it's seventy, if they sold it for twenty dollars a profit, that's still good. And then if they fly off the shelves, you know. Price gets jacked up, you know. That's you true. renegotiate, hey, you know, or eh, or they can probably you know reverse engineer one, and then they don't need Ben anymore. Do you think they would have spent? That's true. That would have happened. Do you think they they yeah. should have offered more money, or been offered more money? Well, I think that McKeon probably could have like, oh, you offering fifty? Well, what about seventy? You know, and they could have they could have done a little um, back and forth there, but I think he just took it as an opportunity. He just wanted to get get a handshake and then figure it out because it was. It was a long shot to begin with. You know? What about, I mean, what about the whole subplot of him when he finally figures out that Johnny Five is is worth a lot of money, which is crazy to me that he wouldn't think that just from seeing him. I mean, a, 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 like a sentient robot. Like he finds out, I think Johnny Five himself quotes that he's worth like $11 million or something like that. Yes. Yeah. What? What the hell was his plan to sell him to Jamie Palomino's dad, by the way? That guy from that thing. <laughs> so <laughs> That guy from that thing. Two questions. Can you sell something that isn't yours? 
No. And and B, I mean, can. can you sell? I mean, it's it is like Johnny calls him out. It's slavery because you know whether it appears so or not, this thing is this thing is alive. You know, or is it like he's alive in the fact that he's selling a dog? You know. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, he's selling a. Is pet. Johnny more dog or more human? I guess he's more human. But he's like, more human, but is know, he? It's a, is, it's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, long story short, you can't sell him. You can't. Sell him. <laughs> but like, did he think that he was going to make a deal contingent on like he has to get the sign off from Ben? Because yeah, Ben, because te- Ben technically quote unquote owns him, even though he doesn't own him. But he doesn't. He doesn't have a like paperwork. Or ben, anything. not in a million, not in a million years, not for a billion dollars, would Ben sign off on a deal selling this? Th- no. This thing. And what would have happened was nobody would have paid anybody anything. These guys would have just taken him, and that's yeah. it. Like yeah. I don't think anybody would have. And where where the hell was Nova? Like the second they found that out, because they were talking about the company. They're like, oh, this yeah. guy's the fired scientist or whatever, yeah. the estranged scientist. Isn't Nova still looking for him? And the it fact is, that he's were. running around New York City? Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't this thing still in Montana with Steve Gutenberg? Why Where's did the they news? send him? To, what's going on here? Let's go back to that. Like, yeah. he should never have been brought to this city. They sent him because they wanted help with the manufacturing. Like, yeah. they couldn't have just sent other people or something? Like, yeah. they sent the robot? Yeah. They needed a way to tie it, I guess, to Steve mm-hmm. Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy, I guess. And yeah. that's the only way they could do it. But mm-hmm. you're right. Like, he shouldn't have been anywhere near the city. You know what? You know what I like to think? I like to think that, you know, how, like, at the end of the movie, when he becomes a citizen and, like, his face is on, like, Time Magazine and, and yeah. all the newspapers, that one of the Nova generals picks up the newspaper and, like, has that, um, has that Timothy Oliphant, you son of a bitch smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> the picture from yeah. our, our <laughs> yeah. cover. <laughs> yeah, from that from Girl Next Door. He did the you son of a bitch like this guy's this mf'er. This he's guy. A, he, this guy, he's a he did it. He's human. He <laughs> he got to give it to him. <laughs> he got to give it to him. We almost had you there for a second. <laughs> we almost It's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because but they said they the other ones were all destroyed, so they're probably looking for this thing. Yeah, yeah. pretty irresponsible of Steve Gutenberg yeah. and Ali Sheedy to go send him out there. You know, you know, for a lack of a better word, it was a real roll of the dice there. Real yeah, roll it, of the dice. It worked out. Think but, about this. Yeah. They sent him like UPS too. Like they didn't hand deliver him. <laughs> Shouldn't they have hand delivered him? Like didn't he's he in say a like box. no? No, didn't he say he tried to take a flight, but they called him cargo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like ridiculous. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Anything else you want to say about Michael McKean? I mean, the, the one thing that I, I would say is like the whole loan shark like angle where he was trying to get some money from the loan shark. And, you know, I, I guess you, you brought it up before we recorded this show, but the whole aspect of the, the factory, like I wasn't yeah. thinking, I was like, why didn't they just call the police? And mm-hmm. you brought up a really good point. Maybe it was sort of on the down low. That place wasn't yeah. necessarily probably doesn't legal. Have, probably doesn't have a lease for the place. And I don't know the whole loan shark thing. It was just to show that, that Fred wasn't undesirable and that yeah. he was kind of a scumbag, but he was, you know, at the, he is kind of has a heart, but he's kind of, you know, he's, he's a low life. He's, he's, he's on the, I don't know. He's what you would call a, I don't know, a good con man. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He's not he's an like evil a used car salesman. Man. Is yeah. he like, like Simon? Yeah. yeah. He won't, he won't sell out his own mother, but like, he'll definitely like ruin her credit, but then say sorry later. <laughs> <laughs> you know that kind of—he's that, yeah, that kind of guy. He's that kind of—he's that kind of guy. And he bought her something with it too. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he bought it for her. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he could be the successful CEO or whatever, or head of sales of of Input Inc? Like, would he actually redeem himself here? I don't know. He might—he might end up stealing from the company. I don't he's know. Definitely going to. Yeah, I don't know. If if the sales are going good, 
you know, he's like he said, he's a born salesman, but I've never had anything to sell. True. So, I mean, he's a fast talker. He, he can cut deals. And then why not? Why can't he go straight? I I'll guess. be honest. I like this character yeah. a lot. And I like the friendship yeah. that he, he no. creates with Johnny Five. Yeah. And like he keeps it real with Johnny. And at the end, when he fixed them, I think that was a real brotherhood there. That was a yeah. real brotherhood. So I have questions about that. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> let's quickly talk about Sandy, Jamie Palomino, Bonatelli. Sandy Palomino? Sandy Palomino. Slippy Slappy Palomino. I just, I personally felt like this whole plot line was unnecessary. And I think that mm-hmm. maybe they could have cut the 15 minutes from this. I, I get yeah. why they did it, but I, I just didn't do it for me. So I feel like the only reason that the relationship between Ben and Sandy makes sense in the whole love story, because you got, it's the 80s, you, you gotta, gotta have a love story. story. You gotta have a love story in these movies. There's no love scene, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's no love scene. They have zero chemistry, but we gotta have one. <laughs> How about when? How about when he came back from the date smoking the cigarette, even though he's not a smoker? <laughs> he like was that an implication? Yeah, or it was definitely. It was definitely an implication. Was it implied? Yeah, the, <laughs> it's date the greatest day of my life was a complete success. He goes singing. <laughs> he's singing as he's to going completion. In. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Like that, that was like his sixth cigarette in a row as, as he yeah. as he walked home. As he walked home, now, I noticed that. Like, what is this guy smoking for? Yeah. No, um, the only reason that it works in the story is th- to to give them a reason to call her and like do the Morse yeah. code song thing. You know, otherwise he probably wouldn't have her home number, so then I mean, they wouldn't be able to get saved from the freezer. I guess I'm not. I'm not saying they needed to cut her out, but he could have had her number because he needed to give her. They could do it in the office or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. It's the '80s. They gotta add it, mm-hmm. but it just. It didn't really do much for me, and no, I don't know. It, I mean, was, I, it was it was a it was a time waster. It was it was. What about the whole job that she has? So for most of the movie, she seems kind of mean, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like she's using him, and exactly, she needs a big she, break with her boss. He was clearly in love with her the whole time, and like she was kind of either she was naive about it, or she was ignoring him, I think or she, she was, was just oblivious, or she was so worried about the deal being done because yeah. she was going to get fired for not having good toy ideas, you know. Her boss seemed like know. the worst guy of all time, by the yeah. way, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Complete sure. scumbag. Complete scumbag. I, you know, another... This is totally random, by the way, and I just I have to bring this up. So they showed they showed this scene where she's working in the mall, and it was a pretty sweet-looking mall, right? The 1988. Oh, yeah. I'd go to that mall. Something that stood out to me that I just thought about, like, it doesn't really exist anymore in, in the way that this is. The idea of, like, a shoe salesman... That's going to like put the shoe on your foot. <laughs> I thought it was weird too. Like, wasn't it weird? Like, I don't know why. And It's and such it, a nothing thing. It was like a split second scene and I, it stood out to me too. This is the kind of hard hitting analysis that you're going to get yeah. on the last row podcast. But mm-hmm. the, the shoe salesman at the mall. So there's like a guy sitting there and it, like, I don't know, in 1980, was it like a service? It's sort of like the, you go to the gas station and the guy's wiping your windshield. You go yeah. to the mall and you try on shoes and the guy's going to put it on your foot and lace it up for you. Like, mm-hmm. I, let me lace it myself. Yeah. I don't need your help. So it's like, am I wrong? But like, maybe there's there's a little bit of a sexual aspect there to is. it. There is. That maybe like, maybe it's just me and in my stupid head. But yeah, it's kind of weird when it's like a guy going for business shoes 
Like, you they know, have, like the tassels like, on, like, like you slip yeah, it on. Like the guy had That's the it. suit on. It's like he's clearly on his lunch break. He's getting he new shoes. And like, I don't think he needs to have it placed on his foot. It's a right? thing, you know? I don't it's know. Like, it's like, it's the whole Al Bundy thing. It's yeah, like, well, it's, an, it's an undesirable job. You're just around stinky feet all day. I, uh, and I'm not like dumping on like people that work at like Foot Locker or something. Like, no. you just get it. Like, you're going to help you out. But it's, it's, it's nothing about the job itself, it's about the act of love. You know, you can do everything in the shoe store except place the shoe on the person's foot. Do people That's, do it's a that totally stuff? it's not even a luxury thing. It's kind of like a like what do you like I can put my shoe on, thank you. I don't you know yeah, I don't need it. Like so yeah. you go to a place like Kohl's or like a lot of the department stores where they're just out. Yeah. But even that, like you go to a foot locker, like, can I just go in the back and get it? Like, I don't know. No. Let the person get the shoe. Do you have the size? Let them lace it up for you. I, I, I agree with not letting customers lace up their own shoes. But how hard is it to lace a shoe? Because they could wreck them, Drew. These shoes, some of these shoes cost 200 well, okay. bucks if a pop. If it's Jordan, that's fine. I get it. So you got Jordans that are, you know, if they happen to be in stock. Fair you enough. You're going to let some asshole get in there and lace them up. And like, I don't even know what the thing's called. Like the, the lapels between the tongue. I know what you're like talking Like they could about. stretch them out and Fair everything enough. because- People are animals. People are animals, and I'm not a know shoe how, connoisseur. Yeah, I guess they don't know how to treat products properly. Like they have no, they have no respect. So, and they 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 rip it all up, and they go, eh, you know, I don't want it, or eh, you know what, I want an eleven and a half, not an eleven. And then like, then you're sitting here with this nice shoe that's kind of like been tainted with already. That's that's a good point. I didn't yeah. think about that going yeah. into it, but. But Just still, the, the the salesman could bring the shoe out, lace it for you, and then, give it and then hand it to you. Say, here, put this on. Like, anytime, you don't have to put it on like you're freaking Cinderella. Anytime, like, you know? <laughs> anytime, put the shoe on. <laughs> anytime I've been to the to, to buy a shoe recently, I either put yeah. it on myself because I, I got it off the shelf, yeah. or somebody did what you said. They laced it up and gave it to me, which yeah, is fair. Right. Yeah, But the putting it on my shoe, it seems like... It seems like a lost a lost art, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like it, I like it's like New Jersey pumping your gas for you. Like yeah. I can pump that's it. Kind I got of, it. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of the thing. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but the one time I was in New Jersey, and if if you if you guys are listening to this and you're not familiar, you cannot pump your own gas in New Jersey. They 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 have to pump it for you. And we live in Pennsylvania, and I remember helping my brother move the one time, and I was driving the U-Haul, and I, I we went to Wawa, which is you know it's like a gas station convenience store in the Northeast here. And I remember driving the truck and it was a new Wawa in, in New Jersey, like right on the border. And mm. I parked the truck and I just get out and I just instinctively started <laughs> pumping gas. You might even be with me at the time. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. So I just get there. out and I just started pumping the gas. And this, mm. this young kid walks up to me who's like working the place and I guess yeah. I'm pumping the gas. And I've been, mind you, I've been to New Jersey a million times and I had my gas pump for me. Yeah, so I, I just, my brain yeah. wasn't working. So I just started pumping the gas and the guy walks up to me. He's like, uh, can I help you, sir? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And I just like kept pumping and he's like, okay. <laughs> and he just like walks away and he let me. <laughs> I told my dad after and he's yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, that's a federal offense. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure you could get, like I could have probably, I'm not going to arrest me or something, but yeah. Could have got kind a, of a maybe, big deal. Maybe, maybe five miles down the road, a cop pulls you over. Yeah, maybe they, they call the cops you or on something. you or something and gives you a ticket or something. But it's funny because, you know, a lot of people that, you know, maybe are from New Jersey, like they don't know how to pump gas because they never had to. And it's it's yeah. funny to me, but they let me do it myself. I'd rather do it. It's faster. So anyway, I go on way. It's not a shoe salesman, not a gas, not a, a pumping gas here. Sandy Bonatoni. I got Sandy nothing Lyle. else to say about this. Sandy Lyle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing really else to say, right? Nah. So the villains of the movie. Other than like brutal robot murder, we got nothing <laughs> well, to put. Other on the than scale. that, other I mean, than ro- Robocide. Steel, Robocide. 
stealing the Vanderveer collection, I mean, these guys aren't even worth the villain scale, in my opinion. It's a beautiful collection, though. It is. It's, yeah. it's, it, they're not even worth the villain scale, though. Do you yeah. agree? Like, I wouldn't even bother. No, no. They're too bumbling, too, too foolish, too oafish. The one's not even a bad guy. He's just kind of scared for his life. Yeah. You know? He's a robotics no. guy himself, I think. Yeah. No. Yeah, he, he's, he's the dig guy. And he got, he got wrapped up in some, some muscle work. I'll tell you what, though. That other guy, he took pleasure in beating down the robot. Yeah. You could see it on his face. Yeah. He, he looked happy. He was, he was enjoying the hell out of that. Yeah, that guy's a maniac. Uh, we, need, we don't need to be near him. What do you no. think about Oscar? You know, he, I don't know. He's an oaf, you know? He's an oaf. And he's just playing off of people's insecurities and weaknesses and, and naivete. And uh, I hate his guts. And uh, <laughs> he's it. like, he's your classic, like, kids movie villain. Fat guy, loud mouth, oaf. You know, that, that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a typecast role. The best thing that these guys did to, in the whole movie, you know, and I'll give them credit for this, is is shove these guys in a freezer. <laughs> How long could you survive in a freezer? I, I feel like that's not, first of all, I think I would like it, first of all. You would? Call me yeah, crazy. You know, it'd be kind of cool to be in there because it's like manufactured cold. I don't like to go outside, like right now outside, it's like 10 degrees and I hate it. Yeah. But like put me in a freezer like that's artificially cold. It's like cozy. It's like, I kind of like, because I, I love cranked air conditioning. So like, you know what? This isn't so bad, <laughs> right? Second of all, I could last forever in there, I feel, as long as there's air, because at a certain point, yeah, you get cold, you know, your limbs are cold, but like, couldn't you break a compressor or something like that's that's forcing it to be cold? I feel like there's something in that room there's that I could be. bust, that I could if bust. If he can wire up the, the wall to call and play songs through a calculator, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he could have found a way to get out of there. And what is this Chinese food place where they're not going in their freezer for days at it a time? It was the weekend, I guess, or, so, or he said- Are, are he they said, not oh, working the weekend? Monday. Are they usually, not working the weekend? No, because usually places are so usually restaurants is a thing, right? They're closed on Mondays. Like that's a thing, I guess. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Or yeah. Tuesday, right? Yeah. But this seemed like the weekend. Like, how are they not, especially in the big city, they're not yeah. closing this place. They're probably open to all night. Yeah. I just I just looked this up. So I had to look up. So I Googled how cold is an industrial freezer? <laughs> and it says for proper storage, the ideal temperature for commercial freezers should remain at negative 18 Celsius or zero degrees Fahrenheit. So zero, I mean, zero is pretty cold. But it's like but, fake cold. I know I'm sounding dumb. I know, <laughs> I know it doesn't make sense. People, I know this. But I, I think it's fine. It's fine. It, it'll be fun for if a day. If you had a silk shirt and a brown leather jacket, would yeah. you have enough to keep yourself insulated? Yes. No gloves. Totally fine. I don't remember what Ben was wearing. He had like a t-shirt or something, didn't he? had like he? a doctor's coat on. <laughs> he had a lab coat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why the, I was wearing that. The best part of the whole movie, like, obviously, we talk about Megan. I mean, if you listen to the show, you, we try to make the cover of the show or the episode art, like, the most ridiculous picture. It, it's got to be gold Johnny Five, like, jumping yeah. in the air. It has to be. But the close second, and I'll probably put this, you would have seen it after you're listening to this for the preview. It's got to be them in the freezer when yeah. they're completely covered in, like, ice, which is so funny to me. That's, yeah, like, one bra- of the best scenes in the brown movie. brown leather jacket is now white. Maybe you could survive. I don't know. I mean, it may not make sense, but like, I feel like it's artificially cold. I can handle it. And then I'll break whatever, you know, compressor is making that thing cold. I'll find it and I'll break it and then it'll be fine in there. Maybe it'll be too hot and then I'll be uncomfortable, uncomfortably <laughs> hot. This is, this is probably then the, no, but then the chicken goes bad and yeah. then it'll stink. It'll stink in there. Well, I like how he holds the chicken up. Like he's going to beat somebody yeah. with it. It's like I mean, a rubber chicken. Was, that thing was solid, man. It's probably our longest episode of all time, but uh, it's it's worth it, right? So, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay. 
before we before we get out of here, we we have to talk about the robot beatdown, robot death yes. beatdown. As I put yes. in the notes, it sounds like a metal song. That's yeah, a that's a that's a children of Bodom song. If I yeah, remember. <laughs> so they have like Bodom at midnight, something something like twenty. Yeah. Some beatdown song. Beatdown 24-7 beat or something 24/7. like that. Needle 24-7. Bodum Beach beatdown? Yeah. Bodum at midnight. <laughs> Silent night, Bodum night. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, it's a deep cut there. We're losing but it. The robot beatdown. So, obviously, you heard this in the beginning of the show. Repairing this guy at Radio Shack, Michael McKean turns into some type of mechanical engineer. Got to. to. So if I gave you a manual, yes. you, right now, you, bad yes. way, mm. give you a manual, you got to go repair, like, let's say my Xbox broke and it's all busted yeah. up. Uh-huh. And I tell you, here's a soldering gun, go for it. Here, I'll type it on a computer what you need to do. Could you fix yeah. it? No, but let me, let me go one step further. Let me put you in an operating room and give you a book <laughs> on anatomy and say... Go remove this guy's go remove this guy's spleen or else he's gonna die. Are you gonna be able to do it in fifteen minutes? Because that's kinda what that's kinda what he did. I went from Xbox and you took it to you hit the perfect analogy. Yeah. Uh, man, no. And that's the thing. Like Michael McKean's never seen a soldering iron in his yeah. life. Right. Get the heck but out of here. Okay. So you know, but you know, we could go superhuman strength, right? You know how like they say Oh, you know, dad's strength or mom's strength or like if mom knows her kid's in danger, she can lift a car to like save her kid's life. Yeah. Is this the kind of thing where it's like he's got 15 minutes to do this. His friend's going to die. I have to do this. It could be. He's like his his clutch rating in uh, in Johnny Five 2K is like 99. His clutch rating is up <laughs> there. So he's going to be able to do it in the clutch, even though he doesn't have the normal skill for it. I think people can do things in the clutch that are beyond their capabilities. That's true. Like I always say, if you and I are in your, you drive a manual shift yeah. car. And if you and I are in a car together and you have a heart attack in the middle of driving and I have to drive you to the hospital or else you're going to die, I have no idea how to drive stick. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to figure it out and, get you, to, and get you to the hospital. And then you'll be mad at me for ruining your, your, uh, your transmission. <laughs> But you'll be alive. I've, dude, if you put me in that scenario where I got to repair this guy and like do robotic like engineering, like give me, I would be, I'd probably mess the thing up. I'd probably break him worse. I, I yeah. feel like I would crumble under the pressure. I don't have the, my clutch rating is zero. That's what my clutch rating is. <laughs> it's going to be zero. Like, I think I could say, I could say, I could drive your car, but I could not repair the most yeah. sophisticated electronics on the face of the planet. Like, absolutely not. And yeah. And honestly, Good thing they didn't make this movie in, in modern times because he'd be dead. The Radio Shack doesn't exist anymore. So what what would they do? Like, where would yeah. you go? You have to know. be like, yeah. order parts on Amazon. He's going to need wait two days. Like, where you know, do you, you get all those you, things? You, you, you got to hope that there's an Amazon warehouse nearby because you have to drive to the warehouse. Yeah. That's where, that's where the parts are. I mean, that's 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 the part. It's got to be. Yeah. yeah. And another, talk about missed opportunities, right? Where the hell were the Los Locos in this? Oh. They were his brothers, man. Yes. So the scene where he's getting beat down and then he kind of rest saves himself by getting the, the model airplanes to fly over and scare them away, which is kind of ridiculous, which is fine. But yeah, instead of that, they could have had the little locos see him getting beat up and say, hey, man, that's our brother. Let's go get these. Who are these guys? Let's go get them. That would have been a great callback. I agree. I, I think that they they really missed the opportunity because and and it's been a long time since I've seen this. But as we were watching, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, they show up, right? Because I remembered him with the mohawk and the gear. And I kept mm-hmm. thinking that they came back and I was sort of misremembering how it went down. 
And I feel like it was anticlimactic to not have them in there. I wish mm-hmm. they would have came and helped him out. Yeah. They really, really missed that, that opportunity. That would have been awesome. Yeah, an awesome callback. But yeah, good call. I saw that they said that the scene of him getting smashed to pieces, I mean, really is is like voted one it's, of the saddest film scenes of all time. It's brutal. It, it reminds me of of a cover of an album art that you recently brought up re- recently of a robot holding his heart out of his chest. <laughs> a little little uh, little known band called Silverstein, one of the best album arts of all time, the most emo picture I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But that's what that's what that reminds me of. No, yeah, the blood spatter from when the guy hit him in the battery pack. That's like, it's, oh man, give it an R rating, man. Oof. That guy regretted his life in that moment. Yeah. The other guy did not. He he hit harder. He, he hit it. harder. He loved it. I'm already freaking depressed from hearing that clip in the beginning. So <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think we can talk about the beatdown anymore. It's making yeah. me, it's making me more sad. And I think we're also like three hours into our longest episode of all time. Yeah. So. yeah, you know, the longest episode of all time and the people shut it off immediately because yeah. they, they didn't want to hear more of Johnny Five dying. And if I look cruel. at the, the algorithm or the, the engagement on the episode, it's like immediately cuts off after one minute yeah. with the thing. Mm-hmm. But yep. no, I I'm, I definitely, I'm glad we watched this. It's been a long time since I've seen it. We talked mm-hmm. more in the beginning about the nostalgia, but I definitely enjoyed it. I think, you know, it was it was a, it was a fun movie. I'm curious to go back and watch the first one again. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to do that just because I want to see how different it is. I haven't seen that one in even longer, but this is the one that I've, I've watched the most. But did you look at this differently? You mentioned it was a delight, but I don't know. How would you close How would you close your, your thoughts here for everybody? Yeah. I, I, I love this movie. It, it was everything I thought it was. It, it didn't have that phony nostalgia. It was, it was real, um, real love of this movie. It was, it, this is a, a big movie of my childhood. And uh, just like you, yeah, I'm probably going to watch. Maybe I'll watch the next one tomorrow. The first one tomorrow, just because I haven't seen it in a while, and I want more Johnny Five. And we're, please, someone make me a figure, we're not a thirteen-inch figure. Make me a big figure, and I'll buy it. I'll pay you eighty dollars. We're gonna have to start a Twitter hashtag campaign to Seth and Todd yeah. McFarlane over there. Just to <laughs> they're brothers, right? <laughs> they to make sure that they can write it. So, yeah. but yeah, no. If you, if you guys haven't seen this movie in a long time, definitely check it out. If you've watched it, let us know what you think. Send us an email: thelastrowpodcast at gmail Tweet at us at The Last Row Pod. Leave a comment on the Facebook page, the Instagram page. We're all out there on all the different social media channels. I'm curious if you guys enjoyed the movie as much as we did. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. Really appreciate everyone that's taken the time to do that so far. And we'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, February 17th with another episode. We're getting inching closer to, to number 100, Bad. It's number 99 coming up. Uh, we're never going to make it. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you guys in two weeks. So, back to the, the part that you mentioned about, you know, the, the pleasure robot here. Yes, you know? yes. I have questions. I have questions. Do you, do you have a specific question? I mean, technically, he can move it at very fast speeds, right? Oh, Some yeah. would say he, he could he could vibrate his, himself. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what does he feel that? I mean, what were Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy doing back in, uh... Whoa! <laughs> in Montana. Whoa! Blew my mind. <laughs> and is that illegal? Was he and there? Also... So, are you saying he was there? And he's minor. I mean, come on. He is a minor. This is... We've uncovered some deep stuff here. Not at the end of the episode. This is a different movie now. We can't... <laughs> Maybe we can't even go there. I feel guilty for even suggesting. Let's stop. Let's stop.